Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. I'm Matt Stav. Podcast. And uh, well, we'll have the podcast next week. <laughs> Today is our podcast. But man, huge news, right? I mean, this is, this is something that we talked about last year. Big impact for many listeners. Mm-hmm. I hope you listen carefully because this is December, what is it, December 1st? It'll, this, this law, new law will go into effect? Well, the, the date I had in mind was I was going to ask you when we talked about this last year, if you could remember. I was going to say summer. Yeah. June? No, I'm forgetting. I think it was July 5th, but I, I looked earlier just to see if you would remember. How can you ask me a question and like you're going to test me and don't even know the answer? <laughs> As if like, I, I thought it was going to be like some trick answer, like today's date or something. Yeah, it feels like it's almost been a year. I know that. Now I feel bad. Yeah, July 6th. That's what I said, right? What did I say 5th? That's the date that it was published or the date that we recorded? Mm, good question. It's an okay question. It's not great, but. <laughs> not, not a good question. Good point. That, that's the day it was, re- that was the day it went, went up. So we, it's possible that we recorded in June. So yeah, you could have been right. What should we do? Should we just refer to that episode and have everyone listen to it because it's pretty much the same? Or uh, I meant to go back and listen to it to see what we had to say, and I, I just didn't do it. Yeah, ditto. I don't know what the number was at that time, but I don't think much has changed in between what that, when that first came out and what it is now. I think the dollar amount's different by like $3,000, right? Yeah, yeah. That's because we were closer to 50 before, right? Yeah. Okay. You said this is going to affect a lot of people. I had a number of how many people it's going to affect. It's, it's quite a few, but... Some say it's up to 4.2 million. That's what yeah. the DOL estimates. We should probably explain what we're talking about because we haven't done that yet. But the- <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it in the dark. Okay, go ahead. So the dollar threshold for exempt employees. So the way I think of it is this. The way that an employee can be exempt is it checks two different boxes, the first of which being... The duties test, it's one of a couple different categories here. So we have executive, administrative, professional, what, outside salesperson, and then some computer professional as well. Or we like to call computer geeks. (laughs) So that's that's checkbox one. And I I mean, there's a lot of people that can fit into those those categories, quite a few actually. But and I we I think we've talked about those before. So I don't want to go back and explain all those different ones. So that's box one. Box two is the salary amount. So previously it was what, 23,660? I'm just going off of memory. Yeah, 23,660. And it got a substantial jump up to 47,476. So what is that? Almost almost double. Yeah, just almost just about doubled. And what's interesting on how they actually determine what the amount is. And it's actually kind of important because this formula or standard that they created is going to be used ongoing. So this number 47,476 is actually going to be automatically updated every three years. Three years, yeah. And so the basis for that is basically they take the 40th percentile of weekly earnings of full-time salaried workers in the lowest wage census region, which currently happens to be the South. And so the idea is they take, just to kind of rephrase that a little bit, they take the lowest wage region of the country, which happens to be the South, and then take the 40th percentile of that, meaning 40% of the people make less than that amount and 60% of the people make more than that amount. 
And so that number is going to change every, every three years. And I have to confess, I, I think this is the first math error I've made on the pod. Episode 270 recorded down. I said less than double. It actually is more than double. I don't know what I was thinking on that one. So, Oh, man, that's, that's embarrassing, actually. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I feel bad for you. So enough, enough of the number or enough of the math here. So 47,476. So a substantial jump up from what it used to be. And that this is, this is federal, of course, in California, we're at what, or it's at what 40, it's double what the minimum wage is, I believe. So 41,600. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. And I think that we talked about this last year too, that even California, which not, by the way, not all states have a minimum wage for their exempt workers like California does, but it's a hard and fast rule in, in, in California. This minimum wage, so-called minimum wage, is even beating out California right off the bat. Yeah, for now, you know, of course, in, when the minimum wage is going to get, bu- it's going to incrementally get bumped up to $15 oh, that's true. an hour. So over time, well, depending on what it gets, what's the, what the federal number gets changed to in three years for the, for yeah. the salary limit, it's possible that California might exceed it by that time, but at least for now, yeah, this is this is higher than what California is, which doesn't happen too often. It looks like they might be chasing each other a little bit on, on, on that price. So so here's the deal is we're calling it a minimum wage for exempt workers, but remember this is not this only really applies to you as employers if your workers are working overtime. Yeah. Now, if they are working overtime, then this is definitely gonna affect you. But there are ways to actually make some adjustments. Some may be easier or harder than others, but uh, we can talk a little bit about some of your options. Yeah, I mean, the options, I've thought about this a little bit and kind of what, you know, I've, I've thought through some different options and kind of what I think would make the most sense. So let's just go through a sum of them. So let's say option one would just be if someone, so if you have, the, the setup's always gonna be the same. You have some, well, not always. You have someone who, in this case, makes under the threshold amount, but they're kind of close to it, or maybe they're not that close. You know, option one would be you could give them a raise to, you know, let's say they're making forty-five thousand a year. You can bump it up to that forty-seven four seven six, and then they'll be you know exempt at that time. Yeah. So that that's kind of option one. So I, I mean, I think that obviously makes the most sense when <laughs> when it's close, right? Yeah, when they're close. And I know we've had clients that have done that in the past. And I would say the so a couple caveats to that is if that employee is not working overtime anyway, then it's kind of a non-issue, right? Or if they are working overtime, then it's just a math problem. But keep in mind that I wouldn't structure your salary so that it is forty-seven four seventy-six. I would you know, give a little bit of wiggle room right there, right? And I haven't looked into how they calculate that, but it does seem like they they look at a per week structure and, you know, what if mid-year you change? And I'm sure that's okay, but I, I, I'm not familiar how they calculate it. But bottom line is I would give yourself a little wiggle room just in case. Yeah, it's it's not that clean calculation that California has, which is just double minimum wage, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. Yeah. So that's option one. Yeah. And like, I mean, you made a very good point. It's if they're not working overtime or in danger, have that possibility or danger of hitting overtime, you don't need to do it. But you know, if they are, then different story. So that's that's one option that's out there. I mean, you know, a basic one that's out there too is you just pay them overtime. Uh, if, yeah. if they if it is someone who is going to hit those overtime hours, so you kind of 
you know, I, I think as much as I said, I didn't want to talk about math. I think some of this kind of does boil down to a math problem of like what what's going to make the most sense, at least from a number standpoint. And if the overtime's not going to be much, if the amount of overtime they're going to get is less than what their raise would be, then yeah, maybe you just do keep them as, as is and just pay them the overtime. Yeah. And that's an option for some, but I'm sure for a lot of people, they're like, well, I'd prefer not to do that. Yeah. And then another, you know, obvious option too, is just to have them work less hours if they are working overtime or just make sure that they're not working more than 40 hours a week, eight hours a day. Yeah. And and that's very simple is you just restrict, you can even tell, you know, part of the employment manual or your employee agreement that you are not to work more than eight hours, well, in California, more than eight hours a day or more than 40 hours a week if it's on a federal standard, more than just more than 40 hours a week. And the only only problem with that is that as far as the law is concerned, even if they're not supposed to, but somehow they get somehow they get 42 hours in yeah, and they're still entitled to that overtime amount. Now they can be subject to discipline because maybe they overworked or what have you or logged too many hours, but that's a separate issue. So just keep that in mind as well. Yeah, definitely. And along those lines too, one another option would just be to, of course, if it makes sense for the position, just hire another person to kind of supplement those hours. And so yeah, part time. Yeah, I mean, it would make more sense if you have someone that's, you know, not a little bit over 40, but we're talking maybe 60 hours a week. Well, that's probably too much. I don't know, like 50. I said, so this is all a math problem. Just plug this into Excel <laughs> and figure it out. But you know that that's that's another option. So let's let's. I, get in. I would just hire if you have if you have a, need something like for forty hours a week, you just hire forty employees and have each employee work one hour, guaranteed to be under the overtime equivalent. Yeah, because the the cost of the HR for that and taking care of those people is not going to out, outweigh that. I'm I'm not saying it's a good option. I'm just saying it's an option. Yeah, an option. So so let's get to some of the more peculiar options, and I mean I've. I've seen people talk about this. I just have a, I don't know. I, I have, I can see how it would work, but I still, I have a problem with it. And that's converting or whatever word you want to use, converting an employee from non-exempt to exempt. Or you mean the opposite, right? Or so like you have an, the new rule, basically yeah. converting from the, they were exempt, but now you're converting them to a non-exempt employee, right? I'm sure you're, gonna, you're thinking about the situation where you're converting them to a non-exempt employee but instead of paying them overtime, or you, you still pay them overtime, but you make the economics work so that what you do is you lower their base salary, and then you, you basically estimate how many overtime hours they're going to you know, work on a regular basis, and then you end up paying them the same amount. It kind of sucks for the employee, but that could, could be a solution as well. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think that's what I was thinking. You explained it better than me. It's tough, right? I mean, any first of all, anytime you're you're doing a conversion from an exempt to a non-exempt, even with the new law changes, it it still may may raise some red flags in the sense that you know they'll they'll try to some employees will look into well was I was I classified as an exempt employee correctly before? Even if because keep in mind, even if they met the threshold of the old minimum wage, they still had to meet the duties test, which we went over to actually have exempt duties. And so if, if you didn't have that, that could there, there could be some potential risk and liability just by this law coming about. And that was my one of my main concerns when it came out is for our clients and future clients is that 
just this is such a big piece of news that anyone I mean think about it anyone who's making less than that threshold is likely going to hear about this and they're going to become more aware and it's not to say I, I don't mind employees being more educated but if if an employer does make mistakes with how they classify their employees this is this could be a vulnerability yeah no doubt and I think a lot obviously a lot of the attention in misclassification is in terms of employees and independent contractors, but this will certainly play a big part over the next few years of another form of misclassification. And just by the sheer number of employees this is going to affect, it's going to infect employers as well. Yeah. And, and we've talked about in the past, the most, the most common mistake that employees, or I'm sorry, employers make regarding classification for exempt versus non-exempt is they'll say, oh, they're exempt because their they pay out sal- their paid salary right mm-hmm. yeah and of course it's possible to be non-exempt and paid salary yes. and the test is not whether you paid salary as as you just heard it's how much you make and what are your duties right and so that's something to look out for pretty common i would say it's not it's not uncommon yeah i mean it's uh yeah I, you're exactly right in in both those comments it's yeah i think that that's the mistake employers make but yeah it's still not going to still not as big of an issue as the employee versus independent contractor misclassification. Yeah. And again, even though this says it's going to affect a lot of people, it kind of makes sense that in order for this to occur, you have to have employees that work overtime, which even in this day and age, it's not actually common in a, there's a regular work week, everyone, you know, and, and that typical employers stick to that schedule. And so even though you may have made a mistake on classifying your employees, hopefully, Again, it's a non-issue because your employees are working 40 hours or less anyway. It gets tricky if you made that same mistake of of classifying them exempt because their salary, you probably don't keep track of their hours. And so, and the employee probably doesn't either. And so then it becomes an issue later. It's like, hey, wait a minute. I know I came in on a Saturday at least a couple times or once a month or so. Yeah. And so they they can always look back and and raise that as an issue. Yeah, and I think that's really the thing to remember here is the focus has been on, oh, it's people, it's employees that are within this salary range that are going to be affected. But what you just said about it's only, it only affects them if they're actually going to work overtime or they are. I mean, that's the big difference. Well, very good. I mean, this is, this is pretty huge news. I mean, I, I know we talked about this coming out. This was at the same time this was going on last year when he announced this, uh, President Obama. It was at the same time he was announcing all these other changes, including his immigration plans and so forth, and making a lot of executive orders. And this was done through an executive order. And I know in the past his executive orders have been challenged, but traditionally the Department of Labor has had the authority to determine what what type of workers are exempt to overtime requirements. And so I don't think this is, there's going to be, if anyone's hoping for some kind of legal challenge, it's very unlikely and this will probably go through not only now, but most likely it's even depending on who the, who the president's going to be, it's probably going to continue as well. I, I'd be surprised if this is this has changed. Yeah, did you watch the uh, two-minute video that they put out ab- about how this works on the White House site? No. It's like a, one of those uh, cartoon, info, like animated infographic things, videos, you know what I'm talking about? Has it become viral? No, I just, when I was... Checking when I was looking at the actual specifics of it, I just there was a video that kind of led everything, so I I thought that was kind of funny. Well, if you link it, then I'll look at it. Otherwise, if you you have to put it on our podcast, I did link it. Oh, you did? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought it was. I oh I saw that letter. I I saw the letter. There's a video. Oh yeah. Well, let's play it here. We'll link it to our website. Okay, there's a little animation. Yeah, I'll, I'll link it. I'll link it in the notes. I mean, it's. I just didn't know if you saw it or not. There's no. I don't really have anything to say about it. I just thought that was funny how they put that up there. It looks actually looks pretty fancy. Well, it's. I mean, this, <laughs> it's the. It is the the U.S. government. So hopefully they have somebody that can do this stuff. <laughs> so I guess we talked about. The t- I mean, we've, the whole thing's kind of a takeaway for employers, I suppose. Is you know this. I, I don't know. I mean, this this probably will affect a lot of. No, uh, how what percent of businesses would you think this? Well, I guess it's going to affect a hundred percent of businesses because it trickles down and stuff. You know, you, you see what I'm saying in terms of it's going to affect one business and they're going to do something changing their prices and it's going to affect things from the vendor like that. But it, in terms of actual individual businesses with the, their in, their employees, I wonder what percent this actually is going to affect. Yeah, it's a good question. I I. I honestly think that it may actually have a positive effect because in a sense from a from an employment market because the in the options that we went over the easiest option especially when you're working with workers in that wage range that work overtime I'm just thinking about the different types of industries like retail and so forth it may just be easier to just hire another like if you have a sales manager for example on a retail store they make less than that but you know you've you've classified them as exempt because they're a manager it's probably just easier to hire another manager and have them work part-time to cover those overtime hours rather than pay overtime. And that actually may have a net benefit for the, the economy if you, if you think about it that way. But I mean, everyone has their own opinion and, and I'm sure there's, there's studies of what's going to happen, but let's just revisit it and see you know, another <laughs> next year what the impact has been. Yeah, we got December 1st, like you said, when this is going to go into effect. Yeah, so we may have to wait a little bit. Kind of weird. You'd think they would just choose January 1st, but I guess not. <laughs> they make everything more difficult, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I think we'll, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point next year and just see where things are at. Very good. All right. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Keep it sound, keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.